Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Story Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The woods by where my father grew up have an old abandoned house or houses. I should say scattered throughout the woods. I'm from the Hudson Valley. Anyone from that area knows the woods there of old houses or at least the foundations remaining. Anyway, when my father was younger, he and everyone else basically would climb up this mountain to an abandoned house. He said it had an old black and white nudes, but a lot of kids would go up to smoke and hang out, so a lot of the things were just smashed. Part of the trip up the mountain basically involved climbing up a cliff, blanking on proper term, just a flat rock surface that you had to scale. This was also his usual way down. So one night, he went up alone and was working his way down. Night was settling in, and as he was lowering himself down the drop off, he felt had an odd presence and glanced upwards towards where he was just standing. Basically, what he saw was a quick glance because whatever it was just made him climb down the mountain and run home. He described it as basically very tall lumbering above him and covered in hair. It wasn't a bear, at least from the glance he got. Normally you'd take things to your parents until you have some doubt, but after a recent trip to his mother's and her sharing some of his stories that he told, it just made it more believable. There's also that hole, you'll see what you want to see, so who knows. I'm terrified of heavily wooded areas, to be honest. One day, while snowed in at a cabin situated on the border between Pennsylvania and Maryland in the mountains, I noticed a large brownish figure sitting in the snow about 50 feet away from the cabin through the back window. It was a shocking sight for me as I had never seen a bear there before, 
though I had heard stories about their presence in the area. I immediately rushed to get my mother to show her, and upon our return to the window, the creature stood up, not like a bear, but like a big, tall man. It then turned and walked away with huge strides, disappearing into the woods. My uncle, who was present, informed us that it was a Squatch, a celebrity of sorts in the area. Although my uncle's comment may have been an attempt to lighten the mood, I was too scared to venture into the woods alone after that encounter. I couldn't wait to go on this camping trip with my closest friends. We had all been planning this trip for months and I was so excited to finally be out in nature, away from the hustle and bustle of the city. We drove for hours, and finally arrived at the entrance to the National Forest. The sun was already starting to set, so we quickly set up our tents and started a fire. As we sat around the fire, roasting marshmallows and telling ghost stories, an old Native American man walked into our campsite. He was dressed in traditional clothing and had a walking stick in his hand. At first, we were all startled, but the man introduced himself as a member of the nearby tribe and began to tell us stories about the forest. He told us about the legend of a creature that roamed the woods at night, a creature so fierce and powerful that it could tear apart a fully grown bear with its bare hands. We all thought it was just an old myth, but as the night went on, we began to hear strange noises in the woods. At first, it was just rustling in the bushes, but soon the sounds grew louder and more ominous. As we huddled together around the fire, we saw a pair of glowing eyes in the darkness. It was then that we realized that the elders' warnings were not just stories. The creature was real, and it was closing in on us. We quickly packed up our things and ran towards the car, but the creature was faster than any of us. It lunged at us from the darkness, its long claws tearing through the air. We ran as fast as we could, but it seemed like the creature was always one step ahead of us. Finally, we made it to the car, and we quickly locked ourselves inside. The creature circled the car, its glowing eyes shining in the darkness. We were all terrified, and we didn't know what to do. I was on a four-day canoeing trip with friends in a remote part of the southeast United States back when I was a young teen. We were up late Delta Bonfire and goofed off as young boys do. I'm sure we were making a lot of noise. Eventually, the fire died down to just coals and we just sat around it talking. When we heard a distant high-pitched scream, it freaked us out for a little bit, but eventually, we forgot about it and went back to talking. A while later, one of my friends pointed to the opposite bank of the river and says, Guys, what is that? We looked, and standing there in the trees was a huge silhouette of some figure watching us. It was faint, but it was illuminated by the full moon, and it was huge. We just kind of stared at it in shock for a moment before backing away. We went to get our friend's dad and some flashlights. He was intent on showing us that nothing was there. We got back to the spot, and it was still there, so we shined our flashlights on it, but it wasn't enough to get a better look. But the things I shone read with the reflection of our flashlights. We watched it watching us for a bit, and it walked up along an embankment and then walked back and disappeared into the woods. That was more than a decade ago, and we rarely talked about it. We were all pretty freaked out. This encounter has been on my mind for some time and I'm looking for some answers or information, I just didn't know where to post and who to ask for help. I was 18 when this happened. I and my older cousin, who was 19 at the time, were coming back from a family party. So our spirits were high even though it was 2 in the morning. On our route home, there is a very long road that is quite wide, and on both sides, there are tall trees. Not something you'd call a forest but dense enough it creates darkness on each side. However on the left side, there is a thin strip of sidewalk and on the right, the sidewalk is wider, so wide you could probably drive down it. We were just having a heart-to-heart -heart talking about various things like traveling, our family generally what we want our future to be like. We weren't driving fast at all because we didn't really want to go home. 
I caught something out of the corner of my eye. Not knowing what it was I turned to look out my window but I couldn't see anything. In my gut, I felt something was off and a wave of sadness came over me for no specific reason. I just felt like crying. I was about to ask my cousin if he was alright but when I looked up I saw a figure run from the left side of the sidewalk to the right. It scared me so much because I'd never seen anything like this before. It looked almost like a human but I knew it couldn't be as it was extremely tall and so skinny and its arms were long and looked to be thin. My cousin slammed on the brakes and I knew that what I just saw he saw too. Wanting to know what it was I looked to the right side and I was utterly confused. A man on the right sidewalk was sitting there next to his bike. He looked at us and smiled. He was wearing cycling gear and his bike was on the ground. I was shocked and confused. Why would he be cycling at 2 in the morning? I crawled over the console and leaned over my cousin so my face was right up to the window. I stared at the man as he smiled back at me but his smile had changed. It was so wide and toothy, he looked kinda normal but so out of place. As I examined him more I noticed he only had one ear and where it should be was totally flat but everything else was just what you'd expect a human to look like. The man stood up and my cousin pulled me away from the window and back into my seat. He drove off so fast I didn't even have time to look through the mirrors to look back at the man. I tried to talk to my cousin about it that night and various other times but he just snaps at me telling me to drop that topic and never to bring it up around him again. I know what I saw but at the same time I have no clue what it is. Finally, a chance for me to tell my story. About 10 years ago, my family and I were up in the White Mountains of Arizona to cut down our Christmas tree. My dad was driving our truck with my grandfather in the front seat and my mom and sister in the back seat. I was in the bed of the truck along with our family's German short-haired pointer. We were driving along a forest road, and all of a sudden, my dog starts barking and growling, so I look to see what it is thinking it is maybe a bear or mountain lion. What I saw was a tall dark figure walking parallel to the road just about 60 to 70 yards away. I yelled at my dad to stop the truck when I told him I think I see Bigfoot, he just laughed and continued to drive. When I looked back to get another look at it, the figure had changed directions and was walking away from the road. The last thing I saw was the thing's head disappearing down a hill. To this day, I still do not have an explanation for what I saw, and every time the situation comes up, my dad always makes me tell everyone my story just so he could laugh. While I was in the Marine Corps stationed in Okinawa, Japan in 1995, I was at a shooting range near Camp Schwab guarding ammunition, sometime in August. I had just done a radio check at about 9pm with range control to let them know everything was okay. I pulled my poncho up over my whole body because of the bugs attacking me. The next thing I know my poncho is pulled off of me and I see what would be called a typical grey looking alien except that its skin was more of an almond color, it was a very bright night with a full moon, standing over me with what looked like four others behind him. What shocked me, even more, was that it talked to me, but it sounded like one of those adult characters on the Peanuts cartoons, like Wah Wah Wah. I remember just becoming unhinged, jumping up, and starting screaming when it talked to me and then it just disappeared along with the others. The other guy guarding ammo with me, Woke up when he heard me scream and asked what was wrong. I told him what had just happened and he looked at me like I was crazy. I then noticed that it was 10.45pm, and I was like what the heck. I know that I did not fall asleep because it was my turn on the radio watch. I know that I did not dream this, but cannot account for the missing time. I did not want a radio in what just happened for fear of getting a psych evaluation even though an intruder near an ammunition dump is serious and should have been called in. The other marine with me said that he was asleep the whole time and did not see or hear anything until I started screaming and jumping around. I kept quiet about this incident for a few days but it was bothering me so much that finally about a week later I told a couple of my friends about it. 
A good friend of mine that had been out there a day before, said that almost the same thing happened to him, except that he had chased it into the ammo tent and when he was just about to shoot it, it just disappeared. He said that he was also afraid to say anything because he thought that people would think that he was crazy. I never saw any bright lights or alien spacecraft, just the aliens. Didn't see anything but heard. I lived in rural Massachusetts to anyone who's familiar that means miles of woodland with spaced out suburban areas in between. I was walking down my grandfather's logging trail getting ready for his funeral. I'm also an avid mushroom collector so I'm always walking slowly and staring at the ground. Friends hate me basically so I get to this cool little white captain mushroom and stop to take a close-up picture of it and that's when I heard it. The best way I can describe it is as if somebody with a lot of flesh on his knuckles were punching a tree. Now I know what a deer sounds like when they stomp to protect their children and are smashing their antlers on trees. I've heard bear fisher cat moose pretty much any animal in the western Massachusetts that exists so naturally I looked up and freaked the hell out. It was so rhythmic thud 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 it went on for many at the same pace. So being the curious person that I am I let out a whistle that couldn't be mistaken for a bird. Right after my whistle I hear a low quick whistle back. My first thought is oh it must be some logger scooping the land past the no trespassing gate ignorant I know. So I yell out hello pretty much as loudly as I could then whatever it was ran away faster than I've ever heard a human being run. And using my experience with deer dogs moose and bear, I just assessed that I could have possibly rationalized it being a four-legged creature. I know that what they sound like running and this was much closer to a two-legged creature I'm 100% positive on that. What doesn't make sense however is that the two-legged creature that when it ran away from me faster than any two-legged creature I have ever heard before also sounded like it was at a minimum 250 pounds. The steps were loud and very frantic. A lot of people believe Bigfoot has a spiritual connection to the forest it remains in and thus the creatures in it as well. I do not find it a coincidence that this happened the day of my grandfather's funeral. I ran all the way home and I have never looked back. I had an encounter with the winged creature myself and even posted the story of what happened to a group on Facebook that talks about things. I'm 32 years old and had never seen anything supernatural or alien in my life until last summer. I had always been and still am very much a skeptic. And to this day I try to convince myself that what I saw was actually a really big hawk or something, but I know I'm lying to myself. It was around 3.45 AM, I'm driving west on 322 towards Chesterland, Ohio. I'm driving a Freightliner box truck with a load of newspapers. In the summertime of 2016 at night, there was always a layer of fog hanging down around the ground, and the moon was bright and the stars were out. Going about 50 miles per hour through the hills I see this dark figure in the moonlight that was coming right at me. It looked huge so I slammed the brakes and actually ducked down instinctively because I was driving right toward it at windshield level. I heard a big thud as the figure had gone over the cab and smacked right into the flat aluminum box right behind the cab at probably 40 miles per hour. I kept my foot on the brake and came to a stop on the side of the road probably about 75 yards from where the impact happened. Wondering if it had smashed into the top of the box and thinking maybe I could see what it was I hit, I got out and looked around. The box wasn't smashed in so I walked around to the back of the truck and that's when I saw it in the moonlight almost as clear as day. This thing was huge. I thought for sure it was dead. But all of a sudden it rolled over and that's when I saw its bat-like wings, not bird-shaped. It rolled over and stood up on two legs and was at least six feet tall. The thing looked right at me with its red-slash-orange eyes and I was literally frozen in fear. I could not move at all. Then it spread its huge wings out, jumped up, and flew off. I ran back to the truck and took off towards Chesterland as fast as I could and spent the rest of the night on edge and trying to rationalize what I had just seen. The closest thing I could describe it to is the Jeepers Creepers monster, but I wasn't that close to it that I could see facial features and much detail. 
Just the six-foot-tall bat-winged man with orange-red eyes. I do that route for work every week and every time I go through that stretch on 322 I get uneasy. It freaks me to this day. I've been working as a park ranger for over a decade now, and I thought I'd seen everything there was to see in the forest. But in recent weeks, I'd been hearing rumors of strange occurrences in the woods. People were reporting sightings of a mysterious Native American woman who appeared and disappeared at will. At first, I didn't think much of it. It was probably just a hoax or a figment of people's imaginations. But then, I started to see her myself. She would appear out of nowhere, standing in the middle of the trail or watching me from behind a tree. And then, just as quickly as she had appeared, she would vanish into thin air. I knew I had to investigate this strange occurrence, so I began to dig into the history of the forest. It didn't take me long to find out that the woman was a spirit who had been haunting the forest for centuries. Legend had it that she was a Native American woman who had been killed by early settlers who were trying to claim the land as their own. As I delved deeper into the history of the forest, I realized that there were other spirits as well. Spirits of animals and trees, all of whom had been living in the forest long before humans had ever set foot on its soil. I began to understand that the forest was a sacred place, a place where spirits and nature lived in harmony. But even as I gained this understanding, the sightings of the Native American woman continued. She would appear to me at odd times, always watching me with her penetrating gaze. It was as though she was trying to tell me something, trying to communicate with me in a way that I couldn't understand. And then, one day, she disappeared. I searched the entire forest, but she was nowhere to be found. It was as though she had never existed in the first place. On March 18, 2023, I was awoken in the middle of the night at about 3 or 4 am. The room was still dark but there was a slight glow to the room. I was half conscious and gradually regained more awareness with my eyes fully opened. My body was completely paralyzed but I was fighting and screaming at the entities in the room. I used every strength I had to fight them reaching my hands out and screaming what I thought was aloud but was telepathic. My body lost all functioning and I couldn't even open my mouth to scream but I did mentally as loud as I possibly could. I knew they heard every word I screamed at them. I fought them with all the energy I could. I told them they have no authority to touch me or take anything from me. That I had my free will and they were not permitted to do anything to me. I felt them put more energetic force on me and I began to get more and more tired unable to stop them and felt I couldn't fight them any longer and just give up. I heard in my mind to just give up that I could not fight them. I felt like they were taking my baby from me. I had not had my period in two and a half months and I felt I was pregnant but was not completely sure because of my age, 45, I felt it could be premenopausal symptoms as well. I eventually tired and felt myself sinking deeper into unconsciousness. I saw more than one being in the room. There was one very tall figure about six or seven feet tall. It was wearing a robe-like gown and it had two distinct protrusions on its large skull and forehead. It seems to have authority over the matter. There were more beings in the room smaller than the larger one. Not sure how many but I feel there were at least two more. I remember I really hated the taller one as it seemed to have no care for what it was doing to me and what could have possibly been a small embryo of mine. I don't know if they impregnated me or if I was pregnant with my partner and they took the small fetus from us. I don't know if I was even pregnant for sure. It was just a feeling and I was screaming out to them in the middle of the night. I very quickly fell deep asleep. The next day I felt it was a horrible nightmare that my eyes were fully open to see what I saw. But I knew very well this was a familiar feeling to me as in 1994 I had another similar experience with two small greys in the middle of the night when they temporarily paralyzed me and shoved something up my nose. 
At that time I thought it might have been a terrifying nightmare but over the years I was shown footage of abduction accounts and realized they were very similar to my own experience and began to realize that those experiences were as real as they felt. A couple days after this incident took place I had the intuition to check my body to see if there was any visible evidence from my experience. So just before I had a shower I had a look around my body and then I noticed an indentation on my mid-back right side just along my spine. It felt like a hole in my back with a layer of skin on top. It was something very unusual and an unlikely thing to find on your back. I feel some discomfort from it and it feels like a wound as though it is in the process of healing. It's like a piece of tissue beside my spine has been taken. I feel a metallic feel around it and it's slightly sensitive when I move or twist my back. I felt a lot of anger from this experience because I did not agree or give my permission to do whatever it is they are doing. I had to learn to just let it go and not allow fear or anger to overtake me. I do feel some fear of going to bed now and have noticed I'm going to bed a lot later staying up until 2 am. My partner is away a lot so I am sleeping alone most nights. I wonder if he had been there sleeping beside me if these beings would have come? I'm trying to have positive thoughts that maybe whatever these beings are doing to experiment with our DNA or embryos is for some greater good. I really hope so anyways. This last experience was not at all good and I wonder if they truly were ETs or government posing as ETs? I'd love to go under hypnosis to know the truth. And for a doctor or specialist who is familiar with these type of extractions from the body to have a look at the indentation on my back. Thanks for listening. I hope one day we will get more answers to what all these experiences mean. Okay, so I have this story that happened to me and my friends. To set the scene, we were on a Boy Scout camping shooting trip. There were 20 to 30 of us. We were in a little cabin thing with windows on the front and back and a front and back door. There were wooden tables all around the area. The adult cabin was about an eighth of a mile down a gravel road. In the dark, there was obviously a buddy system because it's Boy Scouts. So it's around midnight and everyone had been telling scary stories just like a normal camping trip. Well, I had to go to the bathroom and ask my friend to come along. He said sure and he got our knives. We knew that there were bears in the woods and it made us feel safer. Well, we went to the bathroom and began our walk back. This is where it got scary. I felt an instinctual fear. I looked to my friend, and he had the same look as me. We began to walk just a little bit faster and unfold our pocket knives. I then turn around and see it. It looks similar to a cat but it was roughly six feet tall and was on its hind legs and was on its hind legs, kind of hunched over. I freaked the hell out and started running. My friend sees it too. When we sprint back to the cabin, it began making a moaning howling noise and followed us very closely. We pound on the door, and the guys let us in. We tell them what we saw, and they actually believed us. So we locked the front door and looked at the back door. It had no lock. We pushed a table up against it and had a kid there with his knife for safety. We drew the blinds on all the windows that had them. One of them didn't, and we sat there with all the lights on. Then we see the eyes outside of the windows without blinds. We are all ourselves, and the thing slowly walked to the back door. We heard it bumping up against it, maybe trying to open it. We think it then left, but we still thought we were going to die. No one slept that night. And when the adults came to wake us up, we told them, and they just laughed and said we were making it up. We know it happened even if they didn't believe us. I had recently divorced and decided to clear my head with the canoe camping trip. I planned to camp out for a few days and be picked up by my brother 12 miles downriver. This normally would have been an easy leisurely trip but my canoe should have been retired years ago. I drove out to my launch point, locked up my truck, unloaded the canoe, and took off, knowing I would hit some small rapids a couple miles downriver. When I did reach the rapids my canoe started taking on water. 
Between trying to bail water and navigate the rapids my canoe overturned and I was carried downstream. All I know is that shortly after overturning I blacked out. I don't know how long I was unconscious but when I came to I felt something pulling on the shoulders of my life jacket. My vision was still blurry as I looked up into the face of a very hairy person. When I reached up to touch my head it came back bloody and my ankle felt a stabbing pain with every jostle. The hairy person pulled me to shore and left me alone under a tree. I was scared not of this hairy person because it seemed clear that it meant me no harm but because I was right in the middle of grizzly and cougar country badly injured with no way to protect myself. I started calling weakly for help, shivering and moaning in pain. It wasn't long before the hairy person appeared again carrying a spear-like branch and several others. I didn't have the strength to sit up and my body felt like it was slipping into a warm slumber. I heard some loud splashes all around me and a fragrant smell reminiscent of honey nut Cheerios came up around me. I also heard a sound near my head like that of a splat ball hitting the floor and the strong odor that wafted toward me made it clear what they were doing. They were marking their territory. The warm fog of sleep finally overtook me and I slept. When I woke up the honey nut Cheerio smell was replaced with a strong ammonia odor. The fragrant territory marker by my head wasn't the only one. There were similar markers surrounding me as well near me was a small fire and a pile of wood, a pile of berries, and a crude clay bowl filled with water. Several hours must have passed because night had fallen and the forest behind me was dark. I was cared for but alone. I felt battered and exhausted but I knew that I needed to stay alert that night. I could hear movement in the forest behind me. A cougar appeared. It came closer but it didn't try to get much closer than about 10 yards. A bear appeared later and it sniffed the air and turned away as well. The behavior of the wildlife made it clear that the territory markers were for my protection and I made sure to stay within that area that night. I took short sleeping breaks throughout the night trying to rest as much as I could. When I awoke around dawn the next day I saw my sleeping bag and backpack next to me. The sleeping bag was dry in the stuff sack but my backpack was wet. I had some non-perishable foods and a first aid kit in there that were still good to use and I got busy cleaning my wounds and eating a granola bar. I felt I had some of my strength back. I needed to ration my food before I tried to hike back out with my swollen purple ankle. As the sun rose higher in the sky one of the hairy humans appeared and looked at the gear surrounding me. This time I was alert and I took a close look at my caretaker. This one looked to be a male and while it fit the description of what people called Bigfoot I can't bring myself to call them by this name. These hairy humans were clearly intelligent and to call them Bigfoot, the great North American ape felt like an insult to this intelligence. His eyes settled on my knife and he gestured toward it. I handed it to him and he turned it over in his massive hands looking at it closely. He stopped looking and handed the knife back to me but I pushed it back toward him. I wanted him to have it and considering the spear the other one had I figured it would be useful to him. Out in the forest, the one with the spear returned and started speaking in quick deep sounding utterances to my caretaker. They locked eyes with me and pointed up river. I looked in that direction and pointed that way as well and they grunted at me when I turned back to them. They were already striding back to the forest and they were gone. I was sitting in the fragrant circle for a while waiting to see if they would return. Then I heard voices coming from the river. Before I could gather the... Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Strength to stand. People in an inflatable raft came into view. I yelled for help. I yelled that I was hurt, pointing to my head and ankle. They quickly paddled to the shore. They loaded me into their raft and I left my gear behind during the extraction trip. My rescuers asked me about what happened. I told them everything except for the hairy humans. It was crazy enough that they saw me sitting among territory piles I didn't want them to think I'd completely lost my mind. I know my experience was unique compared to what other people have experienced with these hairy humans. Maybe the group I encountered was a more advanced group of so-called Bigfoots. But to me, they will always be hairy humans. They rescued me from the river, they fed me they kept me warm, and they even protected me in their strange way. If that doesn't make them more human than beast I don't know what will. I am a long-haul driver and was traveling east on Interstate 8, just east of Fortuna, Arizona. This occurred in mid-June 2017. Having checked the clock, it was 3.45 AM when I alerted my partner to the presence of three or four individuals standing in the middle of the traffic lane. After sounding the truck horn, I began to slow our rig. Given the fact that the area is well known for human smuggling and is dangerous to travel, I wondered if, perhaps, we should keep going. But, when it became apparent that at least three of the individuals were wearing some kind of uniform, I decided to stop along the right shoulder. Nevertheless, my second driver emerged from the sleeper with the shotgun that we carry. Both of us agreed that neither of us was going to step from the cab, and we kept the engine idling. Three individuals walked slowly toward me, toward the driver's side of the cab. At about 15 feet, I could tell that all three of them were suited if you will, in some sort of gear. I wondered if the Marines, from the nearby Marine Corps Air Station, had crashed and were going to ask us for help. As I lowered the driver's window, the shortest of the three, bundled in heavy white gear, with what looked like white armor around the chest, and a partial faceplate that emerged from below the chin, said to me, in perfect English, not to worry, we have a minor situation. He, it, motioned with his left arm toward the distance, off the highway. It was strange because neither my partner nor I saw anything as we approached the group but, sure enough, something was putting out intense red flames, maybe 50 feet off the right shoulder from where we were parked. Before I could say anything, a triangle-shaped wedge of the landscape to our right, with the flames at the base of the triangle, rose up and sliced through the truck cab. For lack of a better description, I felt like I was looking at some kind of image as it came through the cab. I mean, the individual who spoke to me appeared first on the left side near me and then appeared on the right side, the raised side, then on both sides, which appeared raised. My throat was so dry, and my stomach was in knots. Honestly, I felt like I was going to throw up. I figured we had it. Three individuals, two in white, wearing helmets, and one who appeared burned or blackened and without a helmet, appeared in the image to our right, as they made their way around chunks of rock, walking towards our cab. 
there was a lot of communication, like radio, between them, or between somebody. The one who had spoken to me, after I had lowered the window, now sounded metallic. So I turned once again towards the voice, to my left again, toward the open window and he, or it, wasn't there. I turned toward my partner, in the right front seat, who was still cradling the shotgun, but nothing. I mean, it was black. It was perfectly silent. There were no flames off to the right in the distance. Our clock showed 5.15 am, and only the entire encounter felt like it had lasted 15 minutes or so. I don't know what to claim. I stopped to assist several entities that appeared to be projected from somewhere, and I still feel nauseous. My husband, kid, and I live out in the middle of nowhere on a plot of land that's about 100 acres. I'd say probably 95 of those acres are wilderness with ATV and hiking trails that we, and several of the previous owners, created by exploring. We use that land for camping, hiking, and hunting. We like to find a spot, clear it a bit, and camp overnight. There's so much space we've never stayed in the same place twice. We've seen some kill sites, both old and fresh. Lots of animal tracks, places where deer bed down, etc. I've even spent a lot of time hiking solo while the kid is in school and husband's at work. Whether alone or with the family, we always carry a firearm for protection. A few weeks ago, we decided to load up our camping gear and start a new trail. We marked the trails we make with spray paint on trees. We were pretty far in the woods, having hiked almost an hour when the atmosphere seemed to changed. I don't know who noticed it first but my husband, who was leading the three of us, turned around and gave me a concerned look. The birds had stopped chirping, the insects were quiet. There were no sounds around us. When in the woods, complete quietness is rarely a good thing. We continued onward, hyper aware of our surrounds while our kid continued merrily talking. We came to the stream that marks the midway point of our property. We stopped for a few minutes, my husband and I in a stare down with each other. We both felt something was off but didn't want to scare our daughter. I finally broke the silence and said I suddenly didn't feel good and that we should go home. My husband nodded in agreement while our daughter voiced her protest. Too bad kiddo. We turned around and started back. After going a few hundred yards, still in silent wilderness, I looked to my right and saw a person crouched down in a gill suit about 150 feet off our trail. I'm positive they saw that I noticed them but they never moved. I cleared my throat to get my husband's attention and when he looked back, I put my hand on the gun and the holster on my hip which caused him to readjust his rifle in preparation of anything. I sped up my family and we hurried back home. I told my husband as soon as we were inside. We decided to call the police and report the trespasser. Filed a report and was told to call again if we saw anyone. A few days later, my husband and I went out alone and set up a bunch of deer cams. We didn't go back out into the woods for maybe a week, then he and I ventured out to retrieve the cam footage. Out of the nine cams we placed, we caught a person in a ghillie suit in two images. We handed copies over to the cops to go with our report. We haven't gone back out since except to check the deer cams. Haven't gotten any other trespassers. It freaks me out even more to think of the few times while camping, that we heard walking near our tent in the middle of the night. We always assumed it was curious animals but now I'm not so sure. My fiancé sees nightmarish stuff while he's half asleep. He hates scary movies and anything like them, but he frequently has nightmares. About once a month or more, he gets up, tense and ready to fight, looking intently at something across the room. Once he told me there was a big mother f behind the bedroom door. Once there was a green slime coming out of the wall. Once there was a monster perched on my desk getting ready to jump at us. Every time he does this, he eventually just rolls over and goes back to sleep, whether I gently tell him he's dreaming or not, and he remembers nothing in the morning. One night I went to bed before him and I just had this feeling there was something under the bed. 
I wouldn't let my arms or feet hang off the edge of the bed and stayed burrito wrapped in my blanket. He eventually came to bed and fell asleep, then sometime in the middle of the night he woke me up telling me, whatever you do, don't let your feet hang off the end of the bed. If you do, they'll get you. I weakly cried, what? He answered, they tried to cut off my hand. I didn't sleep much that night. How did we both have the feeling something was under the bed on the same night? The only time that's ever happened in our eight-year relationship. So according to my family, I was a creepy as f little kid. My mom basically refuses to talk about it and claims she prayed it all away, but I mean, who knows? I don't remember any of it myself. Most of my stories are from my older sister, who my mom would always talk about this stuff with. So anyways, I was around four and a half. My mom and dad had been trying for another baby for I guess around a year and a half and it wasn't happening, so they basically stopped trying. My mom and I were home alone one day and she was in the kitchen washing dishes or something. From another room I walked in, went up to her, and hugged her stomach for a few seconds. I then looked up at her and told her you're going to have a baby, and he's going to live to be as old as I am. Then detached from her, and walked away again. She ended up being pregnant with my brother, who was then born with a birth defect that caused him to pass away when he was four and a half years old. Edit, a few people asked for more, so here's another. So I had an imaginary friend, Jiawa. Quick side story, I actually used to have two, but according to my sister, Jiawa, got rid of the other one. Anyways, my mom wanted me to do something, eat my veggies, take a bath. Something kids don't like, I don't remember. I got upset and told her Jiawa was going to get her back tonight. She didn't think much of it, but the next morning her whole right arm was bruised up, I guess with one even resembling someone's hand grabbing her by the arm. She has no memory of what happened but my sister said my mom felt like she was in pain. And one more. I guess my mom and dad were in a rough patch and were seeing a counselor. The counselor told my mom that when she was really mad at him, to write letters and then throw them away. So one night she got me into bed. And then after a while started writing these letters, my dad worked nights. I guess they were in a big fight, so my mom wrote a good amount of letters that night. She would write one, crumple it up, and then throw it behind her into the trash. Fast forward to the morning. My mom was making me breakfast and I was sitting at the table. There wasn't anything in front of me, no paper or anything but I started doing these motions like I was crumpling something up and throwing it behind me. She asked what I was doing, and I told her I was doing what she was doing last night. The night before she was in her room with the door locked, no way I could have seen. My mother died of cancer when I was nine. Fast forward through nine years of depression and trying to learn how to deal with it avid drug user to try and cope, not healthy I know. Decides to take powdered DMT, closer to ayahuasca than DMT really, a very spiritual drug. Have mild visuals for a couple hours, but nothing crazy. Decide to go for a walk by myself to this lake my mother and I visited all the time as a kid. Start talking to her randomly because I'm feeling lost and confused in my life. All of a sudden, the wind picks up heavily, but only in a circle around me. I could see trees in the distance not moving at all, lake was still, literally only around me. Wind wasn't cold either, I could actually feel warmth just coating me like a hug. She could hear me and was trying to comfort me. Out of nowhere, a crane appears and flies down by the water. As I look at it, it turns, stares at me for 10 seconds, then vanishes into thin air. To this day, cranes have always resonated with me as my mother's spirit watching over me. People are going to say it was the drugs that made this experience happen, I don't care. At the time and still now I know she was there trying to communicate to me that everything was going to be okay. It's 2005. 
My daughter and I were visiting my papa after his quadruple bypass surgery. I set up camp for the two of us in the living room which was on the opposite side of the house from his bedroom. My daughter was only three months old at the time so I didn't want to run the risk of waking him during midnight feedings and whatnot. We're probably into the third week of our visit. It's about 2 am and the little one wakes up for a feeding. I change her, feed her, put her back to bed. I'm wide awake now so I laid back down on the pull-out couch and turned on the TV. I'm about 10 minutes into a Roseanne rerun when I start to hear sounds coming from the dining room. Thinking it was my grandpa, I turned the volume down on the TV and called out to see if he needed anything. I didn't receive a response back but now I can clearly hear the sound of rattling doorknobs, the dining room has double doors that open to the back deck. I sat up to look just beyond the kitchen into the dining room and there's no one there but the doorknobs are still rattling. This is when I start to freak the F out. Someone's trying to break into the house and we're all going to die. So, what do I do? I curl into a ball on the bed because the sudden panic attack had taken over the ability to use my brain. Within seconds of curling into the fetal position the doorknobs stop rattling. There's absolute silence. I swear I was laying there for what seemed like an hour but it was probably only a couple of minutes. That's when I heard the footsteps. The living room and dining room are separated by a small kitchen. These footsteps started at the entrance to the kitchen from the dining room and made their way ever so slow and steady across the linoleum floor towards the living room where I lay frozen solid, the hair standing up on my arms and back of my neck. They stopped just short of the living room. And that was it. No more noise. No more footsteps. Whatever it was never retreated back in the direction it had come from. There was nothing. I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. When I started college my mother and little sister moved into an old house way back in the woods in Mississippi. The road leading up to it went from four-lane highway to two to gravel to dirt track to two ruts worn into the dirt with branches slapping up against the sides of your car as you drove it. It was miles from the nearest town and that town was very small and many many more miles from the next town. It was isolated, is what I'm saying. The owner, who was the nearest neighbor, told her it had been built in the 20s sometime but it was sturdy and well-maintained. A simple but handsome little house. Shotgun style with a concrete porch on the front and a backyard big enough for maybe some chickens and pigs if you wanted them. All around it, nothing but miles of forest. There was no air conditioning. Normally for my mom that would be a big no. But there was an attic fan which worked really well at keeping the temperature under murderous. And because of the isolation and age it was a dirt cheap rental. Moreover though, Mom took it because she said that from the moment she set foot on the property she got this happy positive feeling about it. A kind of peaceful vibe. She said it felt like a home more than a house. When I came to visit for the first time, I had to agree. I immediately felt this sensation of welcome there. Almost like it was constantly a holiday and any minute someone you love is going to come through the door. Maybe I'm overselling it, but it was just a nice little place to be. It was only a couple hours drive from me, so I visited as often as I could, especially when I felt like I needed a retreat from school. One night I was there for a weekend, sitting in the living room and waiting for dinner when I heard my sister and mom from the kitchen talking about the Indians. I couldn't hear exactly what they were saying but it sounded like people they knew. As far as I was aware the local native tribes were way long gone from the world and so I was curious who they meant and asked her later at the table. Oh, sometimes we see these people running through the backyard from the kitchen window. Your sister calls them Indians but they just look like children playing to me. We only ever catch glances of them through the window. If you go outside they're never there. She went on to tell me she had seen all sorts of unusual things since they moved in. Mostly small things that could easily be explained. Two were very strange though. The positive feeling she'd felt about the place had bloomed into a full-on nurturing. To the point that when she went to bed at night she felt as if the house was tucking her in. 
No physical sensation, just a sense of being loved. And she kept seeing lights in the front room. She said at first she thought it was cars pulling up into the front yard and light reflecting off then into the windows. But she never heard a car and would go outside to find no one there. It was almost like someone shining a mirror into the windows. Just moving glints and flashes. Oddly, no one found any of this disturbing. I never saw any of that myself and things went on as usual. Then my first year ended and I came for one last visit before going out of town for my summer job. It was late one night and I was sitting out on the front porch enjoying a cigarette. The stars that far out into nowhere are amazing. I was happy for the way the year had gone and excited for the summer and just enjoying the night. It was hot but there was a little bit of a breeze. I could hear the hum of the attic fan behind me in the house and from the woods the whine and chirp from the crickets and cicadas and countless other night critters. Those of you who've heard it know it has some variation, this symphony, but is a constant wall of sound. I had mostly tuned it out, thinking of not much of anything when I noticed it seemed to be getting louder. Then it was definitely getting louder. Then it was kinda scary loud. And then it just stopped. Full on. Full stop. Not a chirp or a creak or a croak. Not only that, but I couldn't hear the fan going inside anymore. Even the light breeze had stopped. Just silence all around. I was afraid I'd suddenly gone deaf, but I could hear my feet scraping on the porch and my own breathing. I thought about making a bigger noise or calling out, but I was startled by the suddenness of it. I also figured that that many things going silent all at once might be a precursor to something else. Sure enough, I started to hear something else. It was a sort of rhythmic thrumming, very faint. A steady and soft womb-womb sound. Low almost like a heartbeat. It built a bit but never got loud. Always just barely over the threshold of hearing. It almost could have been a train but there were no tracks anywhere near us. The weather was clear the highway far off. It didn't sound mechanical anyway. But it didn't sound entirely organic either. I walked off the porch into the front yard to try to hear it better and I could feel it in the ground. This soft pulsing in time with the sound. I was barefoot but I think even with shoes I'd have noticed it. I could feel it in my ankles and knees, the whole world beating like a big heart. After a while I wasn't even sure if I was really hearing it or just feeling it. There was no major change from that point on although I imagine it was continuing to build. Then after some time, I have no idea how much, it just stopped. No fade, just silence again. Then, just as suddenly as they had stopped before, the crickets and other noisemakers started up again. I went inside and went to bed. Mom had to move out of the house while I was away for the summer, different story, but she still talks about it. She told me she'd mentioned all this stuff to the owner who was a very nice older lady and that she suddenly went all cagey on her and didn't want to talk about it. Last I heard the owner passed and her heir sold the land. The house is surely gone now. I was 13, I think, going through severe depression, crying a lot for no reason most of the night. Got up to go to the washroom and wash my face, when I got out of the washroom, there was this thing, hovering by the TV table in the hallway, it had limbs but very long fingers with long nails, hair was like an afro but with long strands of spiky locks. I can't remember the facial features but I remember staring at it in disbelief, and it smiling back at me, I remember how the feet were floating few inches from the ground and how the white gown it wore was flowing. After I looked away and looked at the same place where it was, it was gone, I never saw it again. I have never hallucinated in my life, it seemed very real, like actually seeing another person in front of you in the distance between the washroom and the living is not far, close enough to see someone smile, or blink. Me and my brother had the same vivid nightmare at the exact same time in the same bed. Scariest dream either of us have ever had. About 15 seconds long. Mother comes upstairs with tray of cinnamon rolls in morning, asks us if we want some. 
We both are like we're sick of canned cinnamon rolls. She gets pissed. Reaches behind her ear. And peels her face off. Revealing a slimy green alien-like monster with a really pointy long teeth. We know she's going to kill us. This nightmare is set in the exact surroundings we were in. Waterbed in a loft area. We freak out. My older brother starts running. Jumps from the loft to the living room. She slash it runs after him. Which gives me time to run downstairs. She slash it doesn't jump down from loft. I get to living room. Running for front door. I see my brother make it outside. Two seconds later I make it through the threshold. Then I immediately wake up. Turn to my brother. We're both sweating and heart racing. We proceed to take turns describing the nightmare we just had. We could not stop talking about it for months. Our mother eventually guilt tripped us into not mentioning it again. By far, the craziest thing that's ever happened to me and my brother. I think it was some kind of warning sent to us, to not trust our mother. If so, it was a good warning to give. Our mother. Something broke in her long ago, during her divorce or something. She is, beyond strange. I still have no idea what turned her into what she is. Always been really poisonous. I was in 4th and my brother was in 7th when this happened. Nothing at all similar happened again. No nightmare has ever matched the perfect realism. It's like it happened yesterday. I'm 48 now. This event altered the way I think about many things. When I was 14 or so, I spent a weekend with a friend at his cabin at Heart Lake, Canada, a place which I later learned is tied to the First Nations people that live there. On the second night we decided to stay in a small fishing shack a few hundred feet away from the actual lake house, which was little more than a shed with two bunk beds on opposite sides. I slept on the top bunk on one side, he on the bottom bunk on the other. I remember very vividly waking up because of the warmth. It was late autumn and we'd had to bundled up to keep from freezing, but now, at about 3 am, the cabin was very comfortable and the light was casting shadows on the wall beside me. In my tired, half-awake state, I could see the shadows were reflections of animals outside. There were a few squirrels, a couple birds pecking at the ground, and mostly rabbits, about two or three bunny shadows were always reflected on the wall just a foot from my gaze, shadows casually nibbling at the ground and seeming extremely unconcerned in general. It was serene. To this day I remember how peaceful it was, how unrushed I felt to rouse myself fully awake. I don't remember if I actually heard birds chirping or if I only imagined it because they were so lifelike. As I began to wake up further and further, however, it dawned on me the cabin didn't have a light inside of it. Nor was there a window. I pulled myself up slowly, confused but too peaceful to be truly startled, and realized I couldn't determine the source of the light. I woke up my friend who was immediately scared by the fact that we could see each other clearly despite no visible source of illumination, and I called him to take a look at the still moving shadows on the wall next to me. He did, screamed, and fled from the cabin immediately and started running back towards the lake house. I stayed behind to watch the figures a little while longer, partially because I was surprised that they hadn't also panicked and fled at his noise, and partially because I felt like when I left, the zen-like feeling of tranquility would go, as well. Eventually I did follow him back up to the lake house, where his religious father gave us a furious lecture about making up stories. I spoke to that same friend in passing a decade later, and he told me he still remembered the night vividly. He cited the experience as the main reason he turned to Wiccanism later in life. We wrote down every detail we could remember and sent them to each other simultaneously over a chat program, and they matched up perfectly, except for the fact that he also stated that he distinctly remembers feeling protected. I sometimes wish there was more to the story but every single word of the above is 100% true. My aunt in Mexico is a bruja, which, she is someone that is wealthy but acts dirt poor and no one messes with her. 
One year I decided to go down to my grandmother's hometown and learn more about where I'm from. My aunt was one of the many people that came to greet me. I gave everyone kisses and hugs and introduced myself. When I got to my aunt she grabbed my hand and instantly I felt drained. I thought nothing of it since I just got off a three-hour flight. I returned to my uncle's house to rest before going to meet more of my family members. As I was laying down, my head started to throb harder and harder. One of the worst headaches I have ever had. I took some Tylenol but that didn't seem to help. I still went to visit family even though my head felt like a hammer was hitting it. I never believed in brujeria, I just knew about it. Over the course of my stay I kept getting sicker and sicker. Some days I couldn't walk, others I'd throw up. I just thought it was because I was in a different country and my body isn't used to it. One of my other uncles came to see me and I told him about it. He told me to come over to his house that afternoon and that he can make my sickness go away. I didn't really believe him because my uncle was a medicine man and I thought what he was talking about was fake. Boy was I wrong. I went to his house and he made me choose an egg. He then performed this ritual on me where you rub the egg around your body to cleanse it. When he cracked open the egg, it was completely black. He said that someone put a hex out on me. He knew instantly who it was. Note, my uncle and my aunt that's a witch do not get along. After that, he walked me back to where I was staying because he didn't want her touching or talking to me. Once I was inside I heard them screaming at each other. That night, Guadalajara had one of the worst flood slash thunder slash lightning storms. I prayed and prayed all night that God would protect me from my aunt. I had sleep paralysis but it wasn't a negative scared feeling, more like a caring and holding feeling. The next morning I awoke with no headache, sickness, and ready to take on the day. It was a scary experience and honestly don't wish it on my worst enemy.